Thought Bubble Audio. Welcome back to Supergirl TV Talk. This is the podcast where we talk to you about the CW's hit show, Supergirl. My name is Frank, and with me, as always, is my good friend who doesn't know that he's about to get a pop quiz hotshot, Tim. A pop quiz hotshot? Oh, no. I I should do my Keanu Reeves impersonation that I don't have. (laughs) Nice. Cool. I know Kung Fu. There we go. That was good. Nice. Good one. Yeah, thanks. Good stuff. Yeah. That'll work. Pop quiz hotshot. Anyway, Frank, it's, uh, I'm glad to know that I'm your friend. That's nice. That's, you know, you are. not just your co-host or your, you know, co-owner or your, um, no. you know, your occasional cat sitter. I've never done that. Um, that's, why, that's why it has the prefix of occasional. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> Extremely occasional. Extremely. Like, like, very, I'm, very occasional. Like, I'm still waiting for the call occasional. <laughs> <laughs> You're, like, insulted that you haven't been asked. Yeah. Would you please drive an hour and a half to watch my cat, <laughs> like, feed him every day? Oh, goodness. Oh, yes, of course, because I'm a good friend. You are. I bet you would. If I, I, if would. I asked you to do that, you would just do it. Yes, you wouldn't I would. even complain. You of would just do it. Of course I would. Yeah. The kitty needs to be feeding. <laughs> You're too nice. You are too nice of a, of a person. Um. So, let's see. I've asked you how you are. Uh, you've asked me how I am. That's all taken care of, right? We don't need to do that again no. this week where you have to feel... Okay, no, no I, I incurred. Did, did I ask you how you are? Actually, yes, I did. You're well, right? That's just a, You offered to ca- drive an hour and a half to cat sit for me, so we're good. But that's what we I would do. <laughs> that, yes. <laughs> we are good now. Um, cool. Do you want to you wanna open up the mailbag and see what's uh, kicking around inside there? Sure. <laughs> Frank, there's so many letters here, but I'm only going to pull one because we're short on time this week. So, Frank, here, I handed it to you. Here you go. Wow. Mechanical mailbag. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, yeah, this one comes uh, to us at mail at supergirltvtalk.com, and it comes from Alex. Alex says, hey, Tim and Frank, I've been enjoying the podcast. Wanted to say thanks for giving me a place to come and get any insight or things I might have missed while watching Supergirl. Thank you, Alex. Thank, Thank you, you Alex. For the show. I, I like that motorcycle helmet that you gave Kelly today. Very cool. Very cool. You know, safety first. Mm-hmm. Safety first, Alex. So uh, Alex says, I've been curious with the monitor bringing Malefic out of the Phantom Zone to go after Jean. Do we think that the monitor has plans for Jean in the Crisis crossover? Oh, yes, Alex. You actually have answered a question that has been batting around in my head since the finale last season and you know and that question is exactly what does like what what is the purpose of malefic you know apart from right you know apart from jean having his own supervillain you know what you like what purpose is he serving and what is the monitor need for him maybe that's it that's as good a theory as any that i don't especially since i don't have any like i'm going to subscribe to that 100 percent Okay. Maybe so, Jean, maybe Sean so, is so powerful he needs to be taken off the map. He needs to be he needs to be uh eliminated but for, all, but, for other greater causes to to come to fruition. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe, but also the monitor is trying to save the uni- like the multiverse here. He's not the anti monitor. So Right. Well what Alex is asking, do, does does the monitor have some greater purpose 
for Jean. And I think you and I are saying, yeah, probably. Probably. I mean, I would, I would think so. Or maybe he has bigger plans for Supergirl, and that involves, like, getting rid of Jean in some way. Could be. You know. Could be. Um, I mean, it could, listen, we know that, um, yes, t- you, you were just saying something. You were onto something there. Uh, and maybe this is where you were going. Tell me if, it, if that's where you were going. You were saying that um, the monitor, he's the monitor. He's not the anti-monitor. He wants to save the multiverse. But we also know that some people need to die in order for the multiverse a- at large to be saved, right? Like, we've, we know that, that, I mean, spoilers, if you're not watching the other Arrowverse shows, skip ahead about 30 seconds. But we know that Barry is uh, clearly in, in some kind of peril, and it uh, doesn't look too good for Oliver either. So, <laughs> you know, there, there is, um, clearly people are going to suffer in order that the multiverse as a whole can be saved. Um, so maybe Jean is among those. Maybe he's got, or, or maybe this is a trial by fire for Jean that if he can overcome Malefic, then he'll be ready to overcome whatever challenges are, are waiting for him, uh, in the crisis. Oh, that's a, that's a great point too, because they're all going through the, you know, they, the whole crossover last year was built upon like, I'm testing you for the coming crisis, right? Yep. That was the point of last year. That was the point of last year. So maybe. Maybe this is, but Jean didn't get tested last year, so maybe this is Jean. Mm. This is like the version of that for Jean. That's a good. That's a really good point, Frank. I'm gl- Alex. I'm really glad that you asked this question. It just prompted, yeah, a very Thank good you, discussion. Alex. This is very good discussion. Thank you very much. Thank you for the email. Thank you to everybody who emails us over at mail at supergirltvtalk.com. Uh, we were a little light in the mailbag this week, so it's a good time to send in your thoughts and theories because uh, odds are a uh, better, better shot at getting it right on the show when things are, are a little lighter in the mailbag. Mail at SupergirlTVTalk.com or tweet at us at TV Supergirl, uh, and we would love to, to, to hear from you. Also want to say thank you to our friends over at Patreon.com slash ThoughtBubbleAudio who uh, always go above and beyond, giving a couple dollars uh, here and there to, to keep the lights on, keep the shows going. You know. Uh, Supergirl TV Talk is just one of a whole network of podcasts uh, called Thought Bubble Audio. And uh, in order to make these shows, uh, we, we need your support. And so thank you to everyone who does support us. Uh, for as little as a dollar a month, that works out to about a quarter per episode, four episodes a month, uh, you can support us and, and make it possible for us to do what we love to do. So you know, thanks actually, to everybody who does that. Frank, I think your math is wrong. I think, I oh, think, yeah? I think your math is wrong there. Because you're not just supporting Supergirl, but you're supporting all the other shows. So it's not right. just four episodes of Supergirl a month that you're supporting. You're also supporting four episodes of Beer with Geeks and uh, uh, seasonal and Academy, Rewind, and Academy and Rewind, Academy Rewind, and Read Up, and all these other shows. Right, and so you're you're supporting you're supporting a minimum of ten episodes. No, uh, twelve. Like you're supporting like fifteen to sixteen episodes a month, depending on the season. So that's true. That is that's a lot of shows that we're pumping out. It is. That's more shows than the CW has, Frank. <laughs> this is true. Yeah, this is true. Either way, if you're enjoying this show, we would really appreciate a, a little bit, a little bit of your support. Thank you to everyone who already does that. And if you don't already, think about it. Head on over yeah. to Patreon.com/slash/ThoughtBubbleAudio. It's over ten hours a week for a quarter. Like now that I'm like really thinking about it, like that's what a deal. That's a lot of by Grap- stuff. By Grapthar's hammer, what a savings.
What a savings. <laughs> yes. <laughs> good one. Good one, good one, good one. Uh all right. What well, tell me about this week's episode. Uh what was the what was the story this week? Uh in the week that was Supergirl episode five. The Supergirl Episode Five. Episode title Dangerous Liaisons, aka Weekend at Bernie's. That's not true at all. That um <laughs> that is that'll be a great like shift. No, that was that's a friend's Reference, you know, where they say, like, Rachel says her favorite episode is Dangerous Liaisons, but her actual favorite is Weekend at Bernie's. <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> is that the same episode with Chenandler Bomb? Yeah, that's the same one. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's one of the best ones. It's great. Uh, anyway, oh, such a good one. This episode, however, is written by Rob Wright and Daniel Beatty. I have no idea who wrote that Friends episode. Somebody smart and stuff. <laughs> <You're> down, like... <laughs> Marta Kaufman. I don't know. Like, whoever wrote that one. <laughs> yeah, sure, we'll go with that. Yeah, and uh, direct, uh, this episode is directed by Elise Letty Rogers, or Leti, or Letea. No, it's probably Leet. Leet, right, Elise, uh, Elise Leet Rogers. Frank. But who directed that Friends episode is really what I want to know. That's like all I really care about now. This, just, this, this just became a Friends podcast. Forget everything. Forget, no, I'm kidding. Frank, why don't I do a Friends podcast? Why hasn't that ever come up? I could, I could quote Friends from the, the very first second to the very last second. You know what? As soon as you're done with your uh, Oscars podcast, it's going to take you thir- 32 years. You should then start doing the Friends podcast. We're almost halfway done, Frank. I'll have you know. So I've only got 16 years left. <laughs> <laughs> very good. I'm very happy for both of you. Thank you so much. <laughs> anyway, let's start with that was a good bit. Um, Andrea's Andrea's Andrea Andrea's Andrea Andrea Andrea's office redesign super nice. We've seen a lot of versions of that office of that set over the years. Very minimalist. I like it. Yeah, it's, it's nice. Just, it's, it's nice. Her big obsidian O. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's actually kind of. Uh, I, I didn't expect them to redesign the office, and I was sort of uh, like, "Ooh, okay." This makes sense. New person taking over, she would redesign, like, you know, redecorate. So, like, uh, yeah, I thought that was cool. Yeah. You know, I, I, I kind of expected it because she was trying to get the, like, like for her mind, the stink of, like, maybe Jimmy Olsen out of there. She was like, sure. This is a sure. masculine office. I need, this is a Jimmy yeah. office. I need a, this yeah. office. Yeah. Get, get his stuff out of here. You know, ring out the old, ring in the new. I'm here. I'm here to stay. Exactly. That episode of Friends was written by Seth Curland, and it was directed by David Steinberg. By the way, <laughs> oh, thank you. Now, now I can finally, finally focus on Supergirl. Now that we've put that multitasking. Speaking of multitasking, speaking of multitasking. Hold on. No, what were you gonna say? I had a good segue, over on but... over on Beer with Geeks. That would have been your one lookup. That would have been my um, one lookup. But yeah, we don't play by those rules here. No, no, no. There's no. This is outlaw country over here. Um, I one of my favorite uh, good bits. I uh, these are always the things that I, that I notice and that I care about. Uh, but was Kara using her X-ray vision and the way she was like hiding it from William in classic classic super family fashion? Where it's like, ah, I just happened to notice this panel was loose in the wall. I know. Weird. Out of all the years of using X-ray vision, you think like it like they'd have like a better excuse? You know, you'd think just got lucky. Oh my god, I'm just so I'm just so lucky to have these amazing eyes of 2020 vision. Yeah, exactly. Touches Pat's eyes. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> good job, eyes. Crazy. Mm-hmm. So good even though I have these glasses. Uh William, you're wearing your my... lead vest, right? Why? No reason. 
<laughs> no reason. No. Just lucky. A lucky guess. Yep. Oh, my goodness. Oh, so uh, good bit. Alex's Pinterest page. That's what I was going with. Uh, uh, yes. With the multitasking. Director of the DEO slash also Pinteresting at work like everybody else. <laughs> I know? love that. I love every. Yes. At, at, absolutely. Like everybody else. Um, Actually, I don't use Pinterest, so I. But my wife does, so can't confirm. Okay. Okay. Right on. Yeah. Um, I loved Brainy making his reference to, uh, we'll have a hot time in the old town tonight. That was good. That was I, an I old like timey that. reference that made my old timey heart happy. I mean, also the hot, uh, pop quiz hot shot, you know. Well, I was going to mention that one, of course. Yes. Of course. Out of all the things he could have chosen, which I'm sure is what they think, you know, out of all the things. Right. Right. Uh, is it because they share long hair, him and Keanu? You know, they have this thing for shoulder-length black hair. Sure. Cool. Sure. Let's say that. Let's say yes. Cool. Okay. Yeah. All right. Frank, here's a good bit that I feel very embarrassed that is a good bit because I'm dumb and didn't realize for some reason that Phil Lamar is malefic. Yeah, man. Did you Phil kn- Lamar. Did you know that? Was that a thing? Yeah. I had seen it. I had seen it on Supergirl.tv last week. Yeah, and I was reading. I was reading up for this week. Um, I did see that mention there, so I was. I was excited about that. Yeah, how cool is that? That is awesome, Phil Lamar. Do you want to tell people who Phil Lamar is? Uh, it's actually I put him in Professor Comics Corner, but we can do it now. Okay, That's cool. Um, and I'll do it now. Phil Lamar is a prolific voice actor. Um, he if you've watched a cartoon in the last twenty years, you probably have heard his voice. Uh, in the realm of super heroics, at least even just for Frank and I, I would say he's he is on the more famous side for us. For uh, one, he plays Orm in Aquaman and a few other characters in Young Justice, currently on DC Universe. But he was for five seasons. He was John Stewart, the Green Lantern in Justice League and Justice League Unlimited, and he is yeah. the voice of the people. You know, uh, I love yes. that. His portrayal of Jon Stewart made me fall in love with the Green Lantern. Same. That is why I love Green Lantern as much as I do. Me too. He is the, um, I think he's the reason that other, not that people didn't care about Jon before, but our generation, they, like, he gave us a reason to care about, a a reason to care about Jon Stewart. Because when we were growing up, Kyle Rayner was the Green Lantern. It wasn't, it wasn't Hal. And then, um, and then John was on the TV show, and then I remember, I can't remember, it might have been Kevin Smith, might have been Fat Man on Batman, they were talking about the Justice League movie, it was like years ago, and they talked about the missed opportunity to get our generation into the theater with that classic lineup. Well, you know, like, our lineup of the Bruce Tim universe. Like, oh man, Hawkgirl and John Stewart Green Lantern, and like, and this Flash, like, this would have been... This is your movie-going audience. This is your yeah. prime box office goers. You're 18 to 34, and we yep. were the generation to see that. Like that's that's our justice. If they League. had picked, if they picked John Stewart and like and and those those characters that made up that version of the Justice League from that from that TV show. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, yeah. it, Justice League comic is doing it right now. The lineup of the Justice League in the comic right now is the the Bruce Tim Justice League. Uh, yeah, man. Th- to me, that is like, yeah. Because of my age, basically, that is sort of to me the most classic, you know, seven um, you could ask for uh, in in the, in the Justice League. That's yeah. that's the my go to sort of default version of the Justice. 
So so now um, so yeah, na- for sure. So now we've had two members of that Justice League lineup on voice actors on Supergirl, Phil Lamar's Malefic and Carl Lumbly, uh, who played Martian Manhunter as uh, Myron. And so we have we got we got two of them. And Kevin Conroy, who played Batman, is coming for Crisis on Infinite Earth. So we just need some Susan Eisenberg, or we need some uh, not Michael t- Rosenbaum. Michael Ro- Michael Rosenbaum, not not Tim Tim Daly did it, the Superman the Animated Series. I can't remember who Brian. No, um, yeah, I can never remember his name, which I feel really badly about. Um, but but uh, I will use a, a look up, even though that's not a thing. That's not a thing um, on this show. <laughs> that's just not a. That's just not a thing. Nope. But yeah, um, oh man, yeah. So the, uh, I, I would love to, I would love to see that, uh, that lineup in even in, a, in one of the DC animated films. I think would be really, really cool. They have gone back and done that. You've missed out. I, yeah, I guess, the, I guess they have. Yeah, actually, no, I guess they have. Like they did a whole movie about it. It's in universe and everything. Yeah. So, all right. Anyway, moving on. Uh, MI8. William's got friends in MI8, just like two. Uh, two levels above James Bond. Like, so you know it's, like, that much better. You know, it's two more military, military intelligences, so it's got to be that much better. Or are they two levels above being the world's most obvious spies? Like, <laughs> do you get I know, more, MI6 is already pretty, do you already get pretty more, obvious. Do you get more obvious the higher the number? By MI10, you're just like, hello, it's me, I'm a spy. I am a spy. You just wear a sign that says spy, spy. like the Batman 66 henchman. Uh, you know, yeah, you just wear a, exactly. You just wear a, yeah, exactly. Hey, by the way, it was George Newbern. George Newbern. Thank you. Brian was his name in Father of the Bride. He played the fiance, oh. then the husband. <laughs> wow, okay. Right on, right on. Yeah. Love it. George Love Lola. That was Superman, George, George Newbern. Um, hey, um, uh, do you have any more good bits? I got three more good bits. Do you have more good bits? All right, bits? hit me. Hit, hit me with your good bits. Uh, Rip Roar flying through the air with his arm spinning after Supergirl punches him. It was just a really cool shot. I really enjoyed it. Um, the Mandal- uh, Maladorian Dendro Asp had a sweet design. It was awesome. Like the orange lizardy thingy. Um, oh, yes. That was very cool. Yeah. Very, very It cool. was a cool design. Plus, Lena just going over it and picking it up like nobody's business. She was like, yeah, I'm just going to pick up this very dangerous alien. Like no big like deal. a boss. Exactly. That was a good bit. And uh, at the end, whirlpools are fun for everyone, even superheroes, which I was kind of laughing. Like, maybe a, whirl- <laughs> maybe a whirlpool would work. And I was like, yay, whirlpools. Yay, everyone loves a good whirlpool. <laughs> like, in the, in the pool. So, that's <laughs> super funny. That was just like, yay, fun with whirlpools. Whirlpools, save the world with whirlpools. Yay. <laughs> try to swim oh, backwards, that's... super. Try to fly backwards, Supergirl. You can't. The current is too strong. Oh, <laughs> like... uh, that's a good trick. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I think that covers all of mine. The only other, another small one, Supergirl bending metal. When she's frustrated at the DEO and she can't figure out what's going on, and she we mm. see her walk away from that railing. Oh yeah, uh, and she's bent it. That was kind of cool. And we mentioned it the the pop quiz hotshot scene, the, that interrogation scene. But Je- Jesse Rath's performance in that scene was just top notch. Like it was it was a little bit of a weird scene. I'm not gonna lie. Like it was a little strange. Mm-hmm. Um, my my wife was watching it with me and she was getting really into the show. And that happened. And she was like, I don't really understand what's happening. And I was like, Don't don't worry. 
Um, but uh, but she, but his his performance was intense and really, really good. Like he he really crushed it. So I if Jesse Rath, if you're listening, or anyone who knows Jesse Rath is listening, like four thumbs up uh, from this podcast because mm-hmm. amazing, amazing performance there. Eight thumbs, one for each spider leg. Great. Um, good, excellent. Any more? Any more bits? Or you're good. I'm. I'm all good on good bits. All right, Professor Comics Corner. Here we go. Let's talk about Rip Roar. Um, okay. Before you talk about Rip Roar, okay, um, I want to let you know some real time feedback. Oh. As we were recording, oh. I just got a text from friend of the show Brent, a uh, uh, co-host uh, of uh, Fans Without Borders, uh, and uh, he says, uh, he says, make sure, <laughs> uh, make sure Tim brings up Rip Roar and Young Justice tonight. Oh, so, oh, okay. Wow. Okay. Does does that do you, do you know what he's referring to? Yeah, I know to? exactly. I know exactly what okay. he's referring to. All right. Well, there you go. So that that is your the request from Brent. Listener Brent uh, asks uh, <laughs> ask if you can please bring up uh, Rip Roar and Young Justice tonight because that would make it. Make his dreams come true. Um, so, tell me, Professor Comics, please tell me about Rip Roar and Young Justice and all the other fun. Okay, so this version of Rip Roar is literally nothing like Rip Roar from the comics. They like took his name, and that's about it. Also, I guess he has four arms, but they're so vastly different. Like so vastly different. It's like I mean, it was more like a Doc Ock type of situation we so, talked about this a little bit in trailer tv talk last week but it was it looked like a like a retractable uh doc ock backpack situation right oh yes well i'm glad that you said that because i'm really glad that you said that because my first note for rip for for rip for i said it's time it the time is ripe for a spider-man tv show like that was yes, my first reaction yes. i was like if we could do rip roar we can if we could do rip roar then we can do Spider-Man because we can do Dr. Octopus. Yeah. That, that's kind I'm, of, I'm, I'm with you. That's I'm with you. Um, not, not quite, not quite as fulfilling as Alfred Molina, but, but I'll take it. Few things are. So, so I, I actually really liked the design of this rapport. He looked like Dr. Octopus mixed with the helmet of the X-Men villain avalanche. And remember last week, I was like, he looks oh. so familiar, I can't place him. That's what I was thinking of. It occurred to me while I was watching the episode. Uh, but anyway, I'll tell you about uh, comic book Rip Roar first, and then that'll tie into Young Justice. So he first appeared in the comic Young Justice, issue two in 1998. He's created uh, by Peter David and Tom Nuak. Tom Nauk. I always, Tom Nuak, whatever, <laughs> something like that. And he he is actually a resident of Apocalypse. That's like his thing. So he's a, so he's a, he's a so he's a new god, and he stole this thing called the Super Cycle, and he, um, and he basically like goes around and you know causes problems on the Super Cycle and stuff like that. And so that's that's Rip Roar in the comics. What what Brent is talking about is on um, Young Justice. He shows up on Young Justice Report. He's got four arms. He's big and muscly. He kind of looks like Calabac from New Genesis. But, oh, okay, okay. But he, uh, but he looks like a, like a muscly, cowardly lion. 
<laughs> with four arms. That's that, okay. That's what I, that's the that's the only image. I wish we did a YouTube series where somebody animated like the stuff we said because I wanted an animation of that. A muscly, cowardly lion with four arms. If any very talented listeners would like to make an animated version of Tim's fantasy, please, please, oh, please actually, go ahead and do yes, that. Yes, we'll we'll give you a cut of the twenty five cents a week. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> no promises. <laughs> twenty five cents per Patreon. Anyway, so um, so the the super so that super cycle that Ripper has winds up as the um, partner of uh, in some way of the of young justice it's like their mode of it's like their mode of transport and like it's their friend because it's sentient and like all of this all of this stuff and so it's actually a bigger deal the the super cycle that he drives is a bigger deal on young justice than rip roar himself gotcha god that was all the way back in season one which was so long ago i like i hope i got that right i hope i did it justice brent and but you can email me uh, and we'll read it on the show next week if I am wrong. Slash, you can just... You did it. You, you can, did it, Justice. Also, you, you did could it just text justice. me. Yo, nailed it. Also, you could just text me because, you know, we're friends and stuff. So, uh, last last Professor Comics Corner, which is barely a comics corner, but they keep mentioning the fusion cannon in this episode. Yeah. Which is a Transformers thing. Like Megatron. Is it really? And, yeah. And I think it's just on, like, a cannon on someone's back, but, like, I... They kept saying it. I was like, that sounds so familiar, and I couldn't place it. It's a Transformers thing, and I, I just wonder if the writers were like, I like Transformers. Fusion Cannon sounds good. Blah, blah, blah. Oh, I bet. I bet. I bet that that's what it is. Um, oh, man, we should, tweet it. we should tweet at the writers and see if, they, if they'll uh, confirm. That's great. Love that. That's cool. Yeah. That's a, that's, a super cool, that's a super cool little reference. All right. All right. Well, are we ready to do Storytime Village then? I sure am. Okay, let's talk about the dark side of technology because that was kind of the the big bulk of this episode that that this theme had been kind of taking a step back for this, you know, particular for a couple of weeks, but sure. now we're all in with Obsidian North's collective dream lenses. What a terrible commercial they made. Like, I don't Oh want, my god, right? I don't want to buy right? those lenses. Like, oh my god. Creepy creepy AF and, but I, you know, I do give I do give Andrea Rojas some uh, credit for being the spokesperson for her own product in in the commercial. You know that's true. You know how often did you see like Steve Jobs walk into a frame and be like, "It's me, Steve Jobs, buy my AirPods." End of commercial. True. Yeah. True. Did you know there was one Apple commercial in the '90s that he actually wanted to do the voiceover for, and uh, and he did. He recorded it, and then they didn't end up using it. They had Richard Dreyfuss do it instead. <gasps> I love but, Richard um, Dreyfuss. Yeah, but there is actually audio on YouTube. If you look it up, you can actually find it's that famous "Here's to the Crazy Ones" ad. Um, <clears throat> you can there is actually a version of Steve Jobs does the does the voiceover. If I can find it, I'll throw it in show notes. Yeah, that's it's fun. It's a fun. It's a yeah. fun little tidbit. That's fun. I always like the uh, post not post apocalyptic, but like uh, dystopian Apple commercial where everyone was like, "What?" Oh, sure. That's the classic. That's the one that they still show in advertising classes in college, you know, mm-hmm. all over the world. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. I, I know I, I was shown that many times uh, when I was at school. Yeah. Yeah, by, the, by, like, the 10th time, you're like, yes, I know. It's amazing. Apple's great. I already own all their products. Please stop telling yes, me. Yes, yes. Give me my Apple, diploma. 1984 Macintosh ad. Yes, I know. It was groundbreaking at the Super Bowl in 1984. 
Amazing. Wonderful. Everyone loved it. Everyone still loves it. I get it. I can write an essay on it in my sleep. Okay, now that being said, if I took out Apple Macintosh commercial and I stuck in Star Wars, do you change your... Star Wars was groundbreaking. Yes, everyone loved it. It was amazing. I could write an essay on it. No, because it's not my... I wouldn't get sick of it because it's not... <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> so, if you studied Star, so if you studied Star Wars in school, would you be sick of it? I don't know, maybe. This is the, Probably this not, is the question. Great. This is the question of the ages. Would you would you be sick of something that you love that much it, just because it's got school attached to it? If you studied uh, Superman in school, learn the history of Superman, school assignment. Yeah, I know. I mean, tough question. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Tough question. Like, These are the tough questions. You're asking the tough to, questions. You just have to go back to school, I guess. But anyway, um, this is da- Obsidian North Collective Dream is dangerous for a couple of things. One, it's called Collective Dream, which means you're definitely taking my personal data you know, which I, you know, like, it's collective. You're part of the one slash, you know, we're going to control you with our mind and things like it's that. It's very, it's very Borg, right? Very Borg. Yes. The Borg. I mean, they even call themselves a collective. So yes, it's, it really is. Very good. Good, good, good Star Trek reference. Anyway. Thank you. Uh, so people, people are so wrapped up in the Obsidian North, like, collective dream lenses that they can't even run from the danger in front of them, which is like this big, like, overarching, like, you know, look up when you cross the street so you don't get hit by a car, you know. It's like a bigger version of that. Uh, you know, watch where you're going, basically. But if the, but if what you're watching isn't real, if it's just in your eyes, then, like, how can you... Are, are, right. Should you even be allowed to, like, leave your house with those? Right, right, yeah, and, sure. Yeah, and, and then, like... What do they do with that data? Because they're definitely collecting it. Because so, like William fantasizes about confronting Andrea Rojas with the lenses. We get that little fake out. She's obviously recording that. Obviously, like they're going to take that. It kind of reminds me of, um, oh shoot, Ex Machina, or that movie Ex Machina, where they're like, you know, the um, you know, Poe Dameron builds the robot. General Hux is like, hey, this robot is really pretty. And, you know, and he's like, did you, did you get this from like my, did you hack my computer and like look at my personal data to see like, you know, all the things that I'm interested in to make this perfect woman that's in front of me? And Poe Dameron is like, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And so that's what Andrea is doing, but in a maybe less creepy way because it's a CW and not a heady sci-fi movie. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. She's definitely collecting all that data. There's, there's no way that they're not. Um, so, but, but the question is, are they? Is she digging through it and like looking at what people she knows? Like, you know, is she, is she looking at at the logs of what William is? Yes. I, you're, you're nodding your head. Yes. yes. I, I think, I think she probably, yeah, she's using it to monitor everybody and collect, you know, information, aggregated information about, you know, the, the population or whatever. But I do suspect that she's also using it to spy on people. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think Kelly has the quote. I think it's pretty sure it's Kelly. She says, just because it's freaky doesn't mean it's not awesome. And, yeah. And, yeah. and while you could apply that in both directions, like I feel like you have to see that this is kind of freaky. But also, Frank, to be totally honest, I'm going to move closer to the microphone to be more sincere. Uh, I kind of want them. 
They are pretty cool. I want. They are pretty cool. I don't want to escape my life because it's pretty. Like I enjoy life in the real world and stuff. But also, if I can put on contact lenses and like fly, you know, right, right, or, you know, or whatever, like that's pretty cool. As a as like a recreational thing, right? It would be neat. As a as a thing like oh I'm gonna get and the same way people play video games you get home from work and they're basically and like, VR just... right they're basically VR goggles there's nothing like, they are they're they just... are they're they're VR lenses um so like why you know it would be cool she's gonna to turn them to, like... into VR troopers remember that show oh yeah yeah I do yeah right like is there gonna be some kind of mind control mm-hmm. now that said you know that I think that's really cool in a in a fantasy sense but then like Bose just came out with like headphones that have the Amazon assistant. I'm not going to say her name so that we don't trigger people's smart speakers. Well, but if they have they it have... set to Amazon, Frank, then you've just triggered all of them. Yeah, well, that's too bad. Uh, computer, <laughs> Echo. Uh, oh, wait, no, I'm wearing, so, I'm wearing uh, headphones. We're okay. My, yeah, mine yeah, is set yeah. to that word that you just said, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the, yeah. Not the, uh, not the Sega game, the Dolphin, but the other one. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yes, exactly. Uh but but you know I I that that exists. There are speakers that have that voice assistant in the uh, sorry, headphones that have that that voice assistant uh that are being adver- you know, being advertised and mm. I find that creepy as hell. Like I don't want I don't want Jeff Bezos uh being able to to hear everything. I mean I I have my my Echo speakers in my house that I I very much enjoy and use all the time. They're very handy. They're very useful. I don't want them like on the go. That's that's creepy. I don't use I don't use Apple's assistant on my phone and my watch, uh, really because it's not very good. But um, nah, I got him. But yeah, there's something kind of creepy. But about that commercial it. was good though. All those years ago, that commercial was good. So you're still using sure. Apple. Sure. Even if the virtual assistant isn't great. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I but okay. I, I complete I completely agree with you. There's like a, there's a limit, but I mean like that's what this theme is really about. Like, what is the limit, and where can people draw the line? And I mean, like we're talking like, and we're on the same page, but there are, there might be people who are listening to us who are not on the same page. And I would love to hear from you. Tweet at Frank at Supergirl TV top. No, Supergirl TV at Supergirl TV TV Supergirl. What is it, Frank? Ding ding ding. That's the one at TV Supergirl. And don't call me at TV Supergirl, and uh, or don't you could, call me Chief, or you could um, write us in at SupergirlTVTalk at Gmail dot com. Uh, Frank, let's move on to the the next kind of tech is dark kind of thing. Um, Lena is all about removing the block from Malefic's mind. He's like, I'd be happy to help you if you remove this block from mind and allow me to kill my brother. And Lena is like. I don't really want to kill anybody, and I don't want to directly, you know, hurt the people. So, but I will create a technology to allow you to do this. Absolutely, no problem, no problem. You know, and then they do animal testing, like, but they do alien yeah. testing. So this is weird. So this kind of ties also into different shades of villainy. This, you know, this malefic block, you know, block, and you know, getting rid of it and whatever else, but. I want to know, does Lena think that animal testing is, quote, less evil if it is done on alien creatures instead of Earth animals? Yeah, that is that is uh, problematic um, because we just spent an entire season last year talking about aliens and their rights and, and 
And granted, these are not human. This is not a humanoid mm-hmm. alien. That's correct. Um, but but the same way that you know animal still testing, sketchy, Earth, still Earth sketchy, animal, still sketchy. Yeah. Earth animal testing is not considered okay, and so I would think that you'd apply that same standard to to aliens. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you say this creature was called? I I, I just keep wanting to call it a Kowakian monkey lizard, Earth but that, that's salacious crumbs. Name. Won't you be tested? Oh, my darling dear, Malefic won't control you, Earth. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, it's called a Maladorian dendro-asp. Milwaukee and monkey was... Yes, exactly. What is that from? What is that a reference to? That's Salacious Crumb's species oh, from yes, uh, thank Return you. of the Jedi. Thank you very much. Um, I wrote down the other... I actually wrote down the other... Um, a alien creatures at one point and I was like because it was like a Terran something or other and a this and I was like oh I wonder if these are a thing they were made up for the show which is cool good for them Ter- Terran would be Earth yes so like, I know that Terran tiger ooh fancy no that's just a tiger Actually, but no no not, not Tony anyway <laughs> Tony the Terran anyway so Lena kind of flips the whole thing and she ends up um, controlling Malefic with his own inception power, you know. Yeah, how? How? Did, I how... don't know, Frank. I don't okay. know. Science, science, super so villain she, science. Here, okay, so while she was saying, "I will help you," I will help break the break the 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 brain barrier that uh prevents you from committing fratricide. What she was really doing was reverse engineering his inception power. So now she is Christopher Nolan? Yes. And so the next episode, we're going to find that she's writing herself little notes all over her body. Yes. Yes, exactly. Until she finally embraces her destiny of becoming Batman. Memento. Oh, you just connected a lot of Christopher Nolan films all together, and I really appreciate that. You went from Inception to Christopher Nolan to Memento to Batman. Um, is she going to do a magic trick somewhere in there? Clone herself, perhaps? Because then you could throw in the probably you could throw in the Prestige, and then uh, I'm John sure. Kirk has to make an appearance somewhere. And then she's going to time travel back to World War Two. Nailed it. Okay, great. Um, with the VR lenses, of course. You know, of course, that's part of, of that is part of her fun fantasy. So she, so she's going to control Malefic instead. You know, so now not only has she like turned not only has she turned Andrea not Andrea that's her real name not only has she turned Eve into like a cybernetic robot slave person now she's also turned Malefic into this thing and so she's just yep. kind of amassing this army of like you know Darkseid's gonna come down and be like screw the anti-life equation I want you Lena Luther. I want what you have you're lady. doing the you're doing what I want to do uh, so, well, yeah, she's being pretty terrible. Yeah, she is not exactly being, um, her best, her best self, uh, shall we say, and, and, um, it does seem like she is amassing a Luther-esque amount of power that is corrupting her, oh, you know? Mm-hmm. It is really an absolute power corrupts absolutely kinda, kinda situation Mac- where she He's yeah, the it's Machiavellian. Gonna take it's the, Mac- the kingdom down to zero. <laughs> Wants the power to be his. 
he but he wrote a book about it to warn everyone one three four five six anyway good stuff i like that that was a good little musical number about machiavelli that was good we're the super team and you can be one too stopping our world from the luthers is the thing to do (laughs) i'm machiavelli (laughs) i'm kant i'm descartes Like what? I'm Hobbes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> get out of here, Hobbes. You're I'm Shaw. You're only <laughs> ooh, good. Yeah, I was gonna say Hobbes. You're only good when you're with Calvin. Get out of here. Um... <laughs> oh goodness, that was fun. Wow. <laughs> anyway, that's why we do this. That's that's why we do things. Anyway, um, secrets and trust. Um. Kind of wraps into kind of wraps into all of these, but Kara reveals that Alex works at the DEO to William secrets. Just saying, yeah, we're we're like all kinds of like alarm bells going off for you when she did that because I was yeah. like, this seems like a terrible idea. Yeah, it like, does. It just it seems terrible. Nothing about this seems like a good idea. It seems awful. You didn't get your sister's permission before you did this. I don't bingo. know. Bingo, 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 bingo. But it seems terrible, but also William has this, like, oh, you know, we're going to be in love one day kind of vibe, you know? like He does. He does have that vibe. And a lot of people have said that on Twitter, and they're very unhappy about it. Yeah, he definitely has this, like, I'm just trying to do the right thing, even though I'm wrapped up in a bad thing, I'm just, because he's definitely wrapped up in Leviathan. But he is, in his own way, probably trying to do the right thing. And so... Well, we know, well now we know why, right? I yeah, mean, yeah. The... I didn't really expect this season to be as much of a mystery as it's becoming. Like, it's kind of like unraveling these clues. But, like, I didn't know that we even needed any of these clues at the beginning of the season. It's a sure. strange. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Secrets and Trust. Yeah, I, I did feel like it was a little... I was a little surprised that you told him that. Um, and uh, I guess we'll see where if anything comes of that. If if she's gonna end up regretting, well, I mean, she told him, him a, she told him a secret, and she, clearly she trusts him. But Kara also tends to trust with her heart more than her head. So even though she's a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist, and she should be thinking with her head, but you know, like it's this dichotomy. It's like she's a well-rounded character, and she's intriguing and like a human. You know, she acts like a regular person would. It's crazy, Frank. Crazy. Anyway, it's almost like regular people don't act predictably all the time. Oh my gosh, exactly, exactly, Frank, exactly. So anyway, also there's Rip Roar, and it turns out so like William's like, oh my friend, my friend died, you know, Rip Roar killed him, you know, and then all of a sudden, bam, it turns out Rip Roar is Russell Rogers, dun, dun, dun. William's best friend. But then he's also was in a relationship with Andrea Rojas, and she's like. Oh my God! And then Leviathan shows up in her limo, and they're like, "You gotta take care of the 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 rip roar sitch." And she's like, "Oh no!" But that's the guy that I was with, and now I like her. His best friend works for me, and it's just like a big old circle. What a small world this is, really. It's what this episode is really about. Am I the only one? Am I the only one who called the the Russell being rip roar thing because of the mustache? You know, it's funny that you say that because. Normally, I think I would, but for some reason, I like they. She was like, "We found out who he was. It's Russell Rogers," and I was like, "What? Why did I, I was not like, see oh, that yeah. coming?" Because it was really like obviously their chins and beard are the same and stuff, but and the voice changer, like, the same facial hair, and all of that. But for whatever reason, I just wasn't connecting any of those clues. 
the I was not connecting the dots together. So she revealed the image, and I was like, "Huh, wow, that seems obvious." I guess I just I just wasn't I, I watched this at like eight in the morning. I wasn't my brain wasn't working, so that's okay, Frank. But anyway, that's all shades of villainy. That's all lies. You know, Rapport is this guy, yeah. but he's also like Rapport is also. You know, like, hey, I'm doing things because Leviathan told me to do them. Who's they? I don't know. I they they're just they. Just they. They're just they. Um, who's they? Who's they? What the hell is a rip? What the hell is an aluminum falcon? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I bet he smells like burnt hair wrapped in leathery bacon or whatever it is. So <laughs> anyway, um, the oh man, I. The or this is shades of villainy thing, which wasn't a big deal this week, but the Orifacian okay, yeah. that uh, takes over Brainy on purpose, no remorse whatsoever, pure psychopath, different kind of villain that we've actually been looking at the rest of the season. So, um, you know, just like killing for the sake of killing, and it's great, and it's all love. That's not great, but you know, shades of villainy. Um, shades of villainy and shades of villainy abound. Yeah, yeah. and then just, again, uh, I can't get over what a great performance that was again when he got taken over. I really, but, yeah, I really enjoyed that. I, I, I was having a kick out of it. I like Brainy. Brainy's really won me over over the past couple of years. Has won me over through the past couple of years. Don't like. Don't use the same word twice in a row in the same sentence. That's terrible grammar, Frank. Even when speaking. Yeah, that's a. You never want to use the word over. You know. Yeah, you don't, you don't, that would be overusing it. Exactly, Frank, exactly. And then the integrity of journalism, which, you know, really wasn't a big thing this week, but, you know, Catco is like, you know, Andre is like, report on Collective Dream, screw the other bits of news, and everyone's like, fine, okay, I guess. Now we're just advertising for you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure what she was suggesting is illegal. Oh, yes, mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. yes, yes. But I'm pretty sure so, also what Andrea does, no matter what, is illegal. So I this is true. But she'd be doing illegal things in public now, ah, like just yes. making your entire news publication or you know whatever your entire public publication a giant ad for your company's product is straight up illegal, which is crazy that it's illegal, but also excellent. So uh, Frank, that's actually the end of. Um, uh, the main episode tag before trailer TV talk. So, do you have anything to add? No, nah, man. Uh, this this was all right. L- let's let's take a minute and uh and talk about we're five episodes in. H- how do we feel about sort of the pace of the of the season so far? We've been talking about how we wanted a we wanted a um reveal of what's the story with William Day, right? And we got that. We got his backstory. Mm-hmm. We got his motivation. I was hoping for sort of a a full episode that would outline that. We got it in in a scene, um, which I guess is all we really needed for what his motivation. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we got that. Um, we are seeing more of the Lena stuff. We are seeing a lot of the Martian stuff. Um, we've got Alex and her relationship. We've got Brainy and Nia are on. We haven't really seen them as a relationship in, in a couple episodes now, but. Um, how are you feeling sort of what's what's your temperature check uh at this stage in in the season um it's a lot of characters to juggle and by having too many characters we're not really given enough time with anybody to like so it's moving a little bit of a slower pace than some other seasons like the i i would say like the the tension isn't really there 
Like, you know what I mean? Like, it, there's no real dramatic force moving us forward besides this mystery that I honestly kind of forget about each uh, each episode. I'm like, oh, yeah, there's a mystery here. Like, who's doing stuff? Because every season has a mystery, and we're always trying to figure something out. That's part of episodic television. Sure. And so this one's like is supposed to be a bigger mystery, but they're not doing it in a way that's different than like they're not reshifting this like subgenre of the show to like fit that. So, um, I'm I'm certainly interested, and of course I love the characters and what they're doing and where the and you know I love to see where they're going, but I'm a little tepid on the the pace of this season. Like I'm. I, it, it it's a little treading water before crisis and i'm not actually sure if that's the fault of the show because nothing's really changed i think it you know i you know me i like some people didn't love last season i really liked last season um i think this is actually like we have to take it slow before crisis for some reason and that's what we're and that's what we're experiencing even though they can't say that i think that's what's happening I think you're onto something there. I agree. I feel like the pacing is a little a little slower than I would prefer. And I also agree that I, I think last season uh, gets a bad rap. I think season four was, um, uh, as a cohesive, fully told story, um, is a lot better than, than a lot of people give it credit for. Um, certainly better than I even realized while it was happening. Um, uh, but uh, it, it really unfolded nicely in the end there. I think that they are probably sort of, they're, they're, there are things on the horizon we don't know about yet because of Christ. My, um, I guess I'm a little bit bummed on some fronts because I feel like Arrow and the Flash are embracing the crisis stuff and the crisis is part of their season arc. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas it's, compl- and granted that's on Earth 1, this is Earth 38, so, you know, different things are happening. Not, not every Earth in the multiverse is being alerted to what's happening. I do think it's a I, I do think it's a little uh, unusual that uh you know we have these breach devices and Barry can jump from earth to earth and he hasn't like given Kara a heads up hey this crisis is coming. Well, um, she knows it's coming. She was part of the crossover last year. But That's right. That's right. But but you know what I mean? Like I'm, I am surprised point. that it, it they haven't point. they haven't called for her help yet. Obviously in the crisis they will. Um but that seems like a, a missed opportunity. And, um, and yeah, it, it feels like that there are a lot of characters to juggle. There is a lot of story to tell in, uh, you know, 42 minutes of, of screen time every week. And, um, I, I am, I'm really excited going into crisis because I think that their the storylines are going to start to converge. Um, at least I hope that's going to happen. So I'm excited for that, but I feel like the pacing is a bit slower than I was hoping for this season. I thought we'd hit the ground running a little bit more after last season. But we'll see. We're only five episodes in. Um, but I just wanted to get that quick sort of temperature check. I feel like five is a good number to sort of stop and say, hey, where, where are we at? Um, I actually want to hear from, uh, from some of our listeners, too, though. Mail at SupergirlTVTalk.com. Um, or even just tweet at us, like, thumbs up or thumbs down. Like, how are you feeling so far um, five episodes in, you know, and, and, and why? Like, what, what are your thoughts? What are your feelings on, on what, we've, um, what we've seen so far and, and sort of the, the direction this season is headed? Anyway, I thought that was worth discussing, but uh, we are going to discuss the trailer for next week's episode six. If you don't want to hear that, if you don't want to get spoiled, uh, then now would be a good time to uh, 
to say farewell. Thank you for listening. Uh, you can find this show at SupergirlTVTalk.com or ThoughtBubbleAudio.com. Don't forget Patreon.com slash ThoughtBubbleAudio uh, to uh, support the show. You can email us, uh, as I mentioned, mail at SupergirlTVTalk.com. Tweet at us at TV Supergirl. Follow us on Instagram at SupergirlTVTalk. Don't forget uh, that uh, we have uh, a bunch of other podcasts at ThoughtBubbleAudio.com you can check out. And don't forget to rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, on Overcast, on Stitcher. Uh, you can find us on Spotify. You can find us anywhere podcasts come out. So open up your favorite app and you will find us there. And uh, please leave us a, a rating or review uh, so that we can continue to, to grow this wonderful listener community and, uh, and, and grow far and wide. But Tim, uh, do you want to talk uh, about trailer TV talk? I would love do to. Want, do you want to talk about trailer TV talk, or do you want to do trailer? I kind of want to do. Tra- I kind of want to do trailer TV talk. I'm, yeah, well, yeah. Let's do that. I'm let's do that. Tired yeah, 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 of talking yeah. about stuff. Let's just do something. So Frank, let's, let's you stand over there. You stand on that mark over there, and I'm going to film you redoing this exact trailer. But I want you to move exactly as the people, but all of them at the same time. I'm not going to edit it out. Can you do that? I've made an enormous mistake. Okay, great. Okay, so anyway, so the DEO is under attack, potentially incepted by Lena, like there's something happening, maybe she's, there's like, she wants something that's happening, and it just happens to correspond with the DEO getting attacked, there's something bigger happening, but at the end of this episode, Leviathan is like, hey, Andrea, you need to take care of the, the stuff. And so we're getting Andrea as Akrata. This is what we've been waiting for, potentially, probably, because Akrata's powers are all based off of teleporting in shadow, and everything is dark. And also, she's like a good hand-to-hand fighter, master of the martial arts, as many comic characters are. And so I think we're getting like full-on Akrata this episode, and I'm pretty excited about that. I am too, and I think I think you're you're absolutely right about Akrata. I think you're absolutely I think you're right about Lena. Um, the episode title is Confidence Women. Mm-hmm. Uh, women, plural. So I think that, and again, we always know there's always, there's usually a double entendre to these these uh, episode titles, right? Absolutely. So I think I think that it's talking about Akrata. I, it mentions a new villain. Um, I, I think we're talking about Akrata. I think we're talking about Lena. Um, I think they're the, the confidence women. Actually, the attack on the DEO is really, really... Um, really interesting if if that is what lena's doing mm-hmm. um if that's like a direct result of what she's doing because that's that would be i mean that's the first sort of time she's been uh overtly evil in in that way you know like or, or overtly villainous mm-hmm. yeah i agree and then it might even give us some backstory on andrea and how she like reached this point in the first place i vaguely remember I so. something about the the description for the episode that Lena and Andrea reminisce about their tumultuous relationship. So I think this is going to be the backstory to Andrea episode, like the way, like last season there was the, um, although not exactly like that, but we got the backstory for William this episode and maybe the backstory for Andrea next episode. And because there's a lot of new characters as opposed to last year, there are only just a few new characters. So, um, but so we won't get a whole episode like we did with, um, uh, Shoot, what was his name? Agent Liberty. Agent Liberty. Yeah, the uh, the the uh, the description for the episode reads: "Piece together the paths while a new villain is under arrest at the DEO. Supergirl uses him to try and understand who is responsible for the recent attacks. Meanwhile, 
Andrea and Lena think back on their tumultuous past. Yeah, man. Yeah, see, there so. you go. Um, this is something that I should have mentioned in the episode, and I I completely forgot about Kelly's emotional reaction to the wave. Um, you know, like we didn't, you know, we find that Kelly's fiance died on the front. Her original fiance died on the front lines, and she's now with Alex, who leads a very dangerous job and does that amazing save of people with the like, you know, with the shields and all that stuff should have gone in. That was a good bit. But, you know, like, she can't shake this feeling of dread, she says. You know, like, something big and terrible is going to happen, and I hope that's not true, because I'm liking mm. that. You know, in the motorcycle helmet exchange, and, like, we're all about being safety, but it, we're dreading things, and, you know, like, yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. I, I want to spend more time with them on this thing, but I know that they're waiting until post-crisis to kind of really dive into their relationship, but I'm yeah. enjoying the sprinkle that we're getting right now. Me too, man. I- I'm loving that. Yeah. I'm loving it. Hey, speaking of crisis, um, uh, a um, thought occurs to me. We were talking about how we haven't had any real hint of the crisis yet on Earth-38, mm-hmm. right? That is correct. And... We know that there is going to be a Superman and Lois TV show, right? That is correct. And it's going to be the Superman and Lois, as far as we know, that are from Earth-38. I kind of wonder if the post-crisis, the, the, the um, prevailing, one of the prevailing theories, uh, the, the, what people are, are guessing will happen after crisis is that the many the multiverse will be collapsed into one mm-hmm. universe, right? That's right. what happened at, at the end of Crisis of, of Crisis on Infinite Earth, the comic series. Um, that's what people are sort of expecting will likely happen. What if most of that is drawn from Earth thirty eight? Like, what if Earth thirty eight sort of is the template that the other Earths get drawn into, and that's why we're keeping. That's why we're keeping Lois and Clark. That's why no no real shakeup has happened yet, uh, has come to Earth thirty eight yet, because that's going to be the Earth that the other Earths get combined into. Oh, like that'll be the least impacted Earth. That's amazing. I've never really thought about that, but that's what a great what a great idea. Because Earth one is really the one that's like everyone's in a tizzy, but maybe yep. Earth thirty eight, this like slightly more optimistic Earth, is like you know in its own way. But you know, like I don't know. That's cool. I'm on board for that. Uh, we'll see. We'll see. It's a thought. That's a great thought. But, Frank, I think it's about time that we wrapped ourselves up. So, um, great chatting with you, as always. And so, until next time. Up, up, and away. <laughs>